one of our first shows ever, maybe the third or the fourth. At this point, I think we had blindfolds on for like two minutes before mm-hmm. the blindfolds were on and the girl's mom was there and she stood up and said, this guy's ugly like as fuck. Like my, my daughter, you know, isn't going like The mom stood up. So she ripped oh her blindfolds God. off this girl and she literally like said, fuck, he is ugly. And then the audience voted her off. Oh, dude, that is crazy. Insane. But technically it was, you know, what we want, you know, which is pure honesty, but that even that was like, okay, is that, do we really need it that honest? Heartbreakers. So today you're in for a treat because I have not one, but two hilarious, amazing guests to bring on the show. Their names are Harrison Foreman and Brandon Berman, and they are the founders and the co-hosts of Updating. What is Updating? Honestly, I realized after the interview ended, I didn't even ask them why it's called Updating. Maybe if anyone has any hypotheses after they hear a description of the show, you can share them. I can also DM them, but would love to hear your interpretations. And we get into what the show format is, but I just want to briefly give like as clear of an explanation as I can based on the live show that I attended, just so you have the full context kind of going into the interview. So it's typically in New York, but I was fortunate enough to be able to make it to their first LA show. This was back in March. And essentially they cast four single individuals for each live show. So it'll start out with one single person coming out on stage blindfolded The hosts will ask them a few questions so the audience can get to know them. Then they bring out somebody for them to go on a date with in front of all of us. They are both blindfolded at this point. And you get a few questions from the hosts where they're trying to move the conversation forward, follow up on details that the audience will likely be interested in. But you're really seeing these two people ask each other questions and go on a first date. And all the awkwardness that is associated with a first date plays out right in front of your eyes. Multiple times, people will make out fully blindfolded. It's wild. But it gets even more chaotic. And this is where it's hard to like describe. But like I mentioned, it's four single individuals. So it's like you start with person one, then person two comes out. After their date concludes, person one goes backstage, person three comes out and goes on a date with person two. Then that date concludes and person two goes backstage, and then person four comes out and goes on a date with person three. Essentially, at the end of this, everyone has gone on dates with two different people. They may have an audience member who's interested try and throw themselves in the mix and shoot their shot. And at the very end of it, everyone is brought on stage all together. They remove their blindfolds. They have to guess who was who, just kind of matching the voice and maybe descriptors that came up in their conversation to the appearance. I think in some cases, it's probably a lot easier to tell who is who, you know, like if you've made out with a guy and he has long hair, like one of the guys at the show that I went to, that's going to narrow it down. 
there's a lot of clues, but it's still so wild and totally unfiltered. And it's truly such an amazing concept. And honestly, you could maybe say Brandon and Harrison, after seeing all these first dates play out, they themselves are kind of like first date experts. Not only are they watching the dates, they are also the ones behind the casting, behind the pairing. And so it's fascinating to hear all of their perspectives and some of their experiences on some of the wilder things that have happened on stage. And with that, I will honestly let them get to it. And I know you will enjoy this interview. Welcome back, everyone. We're here for another episode of Interstates and Heartbreak. And today I have two amazing guests. I have Harrison Foreman and Brandon Berman. They are the hosts and founders of Updating. It's a live show where two strangers experience not one, but two blind dates on stage. And I will go out on a limb and say this is basically like the only fully unscripted dating show out there. It's basically like an accelerated, unfiltered love is blind. Wow. I've goosebumps hearing you say that, Leslie. No, it's great to be here. Here's the thing. It's funny. We get like three different comparisons. People who love dating shows say dating. People who love comedy compare it to like a Howard Stern show. Then people who love like madness and like wild stuff compare it to Jerry Springer. That's like, Jerry Springer. It's literally so a cross between like Three, but I will say our favorite element is twists and turns. So reality is definitely the leading element of what it is. Yeah, it was amazing to see it live. And so oh, I got you, to see Leslie. it in LA. I hope you guys come back. We'll be back. We're actually literally texting with our agents right now about our next LA date. So we will, oh. we are pumped. We wish we actually were, we wish we came back sooner. It's so funny because I know you had that guy in the audience who had been to like over a dozen shows, but I kind of get it. I'm like, every show is different. So why not? Totally. It, it is like a TV show, but on a stage in real time, right? So it's it's episodic. Updating is episodic. And that's how we look at it. We look yeah. at it like a TikTok show on stage. That's what we're starting to kind of say. Better quality. What we said from day one, it's a reality show in time on stage and it's real. Like that's the exciting part. We don't know either. Obviously, mm -hmm. you know, we've sort of built the skill set around being able to deal with almost anything or any sort of uh, surprise, but it's like going to see a UFC fight. You don't know who's going to win. <laughs> Honestly, even less planned probably than a UFC fight. <laughs> oh my God. Who was your favorite dater on, on the show What's you the saw? Group? That's oh true. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, okay. I have a lot of thoughts actually yeah, about everyone in. who was on stage, but for the audience, because I feel like they're probably like, what the heck are they describing? So how would you describe updating? Like when you meet someone and they're like, what do you do? Like, what's your elevator pitch? Kind of what I, what I just said. I say it's a hilarious reality show in time where there's twists and turns and basically anything can happen. And I always use the Howard Stern, um, at least from my mm -hmm. angle of what I do. My job is to take it from date one to date 15 and sort of get people to open up and like maneuver routes. But then there's like kind of the other ways of describing it. And like Harrison, you always kind of describe it in your own way. No, it's similar. I mean, it's like we call it like the most raw dating show because it's relatable, but it's also unfiltered. Like I think... The way I tell people it's a blind date in front of an audience, you're blindfolded, but there's a ton of audience interaction. You could crash the stage if you're into someone on stage, DM us during the show, and it's cringe, but it's also funny. And 
you know, a lot of dates lead to a kiss, you know, which is always exciting. That's like the, the crowning moment. But really, anything can happen, which is the coolest thing. And the cringe, I will say, like, we do love. Like, every show is different. And there, actually, there was a show recently where someone was like, man, like, that was really intense. Like, that was rough. I go, that was beautiful. And then on TikTok, <laughs> it blows up because that's what people want to see. You know, like, you can go to a show where you leave your stomach hurts from laughing. Then you can, like, leave a show and you're squeezing your ass cheeks still. Like, <laughs> you don't know what could happen. And the last thing I'll say about it, it's an immersive experience. It's an event. So that's why we're, you know, we're going to LA. Like it is like this, this sick, cool thing. You just have to go to, you want to be there in person. Um, it, the, Oscars. Know, it, <laughs> the Oscars are for us. It's our bar mitzvah every week. You know, it just has that, that aura around a big energy. event. Yeah. You felt the energy in the room. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it's also interesting because, so to give a little bit of scoop, which I wasn't going to bring up until later, but basically where I was sitting, I think I was close to one of the daters groups of friends. And so this girl, like she leans over my shoulder and she's talking to this guy and she's, I forget, I'm forgetting like their names because it's been a couple of weeks now, but the second girl who kind of like roasted the guy with the long, Victoria, yes. So they were like, when Victoria goes on, like, if this guy isn't her type, say Harry Styles. And so then right before she starts talking to, I think his name was Bennett. Before (laughs) Bennett and her connect, someone says Harry Styles. No, her friends were giving her cheat codes. Yes. Oh, we don't like that. Yeah. So uh-huh. then when I feel like that's why she like laid into him so hard because she was like, that's I'm not going to be in again. Well, that's interesting because we do prevent all those things as much as possible. But at the end of the day, that's how real we keep it. If someone has friends blowing it, we'll let them blow it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it's not. That's good to know, though. That's interesting. That's so they very gave, interesting. Yeah. It gave a signal. It definitely made for like an awkward watch to your point. And I feel like the crowd would probably be split because I feel like some people were huge Victoria stands and some people were like, why is she being so mean to Bennett? Always split. You'll always pick. That's what's funny. Sometimes it's like a, it's forget about even the dating part. Like at the end, people are picking. So I'm like, dude, it's not really a competition for who you, who were rooting for, but that's just a human response. You know what I mean? Which we love. I want people to pick you know, you want to have a rooting interest and people believe in certain things and certain personalities put, you know, give that to you. Mm-hmm. It, it spurs dialogue, you know, and, yeah. and sometimes when they're allowed audiences at first, we're like, oh, I wish they were quiet, but they're always talking about the show. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't believe she said that. I can't believe he's wearing like a Vogue shirt. Like what is up with this guy? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's just there. You know, there's chatter. Yeah. And I actually also was sitting next to Sarah's friend. So the first girl who was on stage. And so we were like talking to her throughout the whole night. We exchanged numbers. And so we were asking like, okay, what happened at the after party? Like, is she going to see him again? So we got the scoop about like, okay, yeah, it was a fun connection on stage. Not necessarily going to go anywhere, but yeah. Wait, I thought I saw them making out in the corner booth at the after party. And and some other stuff happening, but... (laughs) I will say our after party is its own show. New York, it's literally its own. When we're working on some stuff to kind of accelerate it, let's put it this way. We had a show a couple weeks ago in New York where at the end, this is a true story, the date worked out. Someone actually took the date. They came up to the stage and they won the girl. They beat out the guy. And it was this huge twist. I kid you not, at the after party girl ended up with this guy's friend and they got into like a fight like the guys were like arguing 
like I'm like, dude, if why don't we have cameras here? It's its own, you know. It is insane. It we I've told Brandon this. It's almost like uh, you've seen Mean Girls, you know, like Tina Fey's role in The Principal. I mean, they're like all these people, all, you know, the t- I feel like that's our role at these after parties, just seeing like the shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> Very oh, funny. It's, yeah, it's it like is. the reunion version. It is. And there is a yeah. community of people like Bennett and Victoria, like, you know, and obviously New York is our home base, but we're going to be doing LA a lot, other cities. Um, but New York, we're able to keep the community element. So there's these people that become like all-star daters that just keep <laughs> showing up. And then we start hooking up with each other. Like this, we have like our own little bachelor, big brother, like Literally. community. Yeah. It's like the people who are back for like Bachelor in Paradise their third time. It's like, maybe this time I'll find love. It is kind of like that. It's like a grassroots version of that. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's like the high school <laughs> version of it. Yeah. Amazing. So, okay, from my understanding, because I've like, you know, read a little bit about how the show came to be, Harrison, did this originate out of you live blogging your own dates? Is that correct? A little bit. Yeah, that was like, uh, I was doing some dating blogging, dating videos. So I was live streaming some first dates. And it was funny, you know, relatable, unfiltered. And then I was just hooked on like, this idea of a dating show like that, to me was always just interesting. Like I had done other millennial content, like, food and job hunting and shit like that but it was dating like that was the only thing people like were clicking on so i did that and then um a mutual friend connected me and brandon he was in new york doing stand-up comedy he was trying to come up with his own live show idea and this guy was like yo you guys are both super funny you know you'll get along similar sense of kind of creativity and and then we connected and there were a few other versions of like the origin story but yeah, Brandon was getting some inspirations as well. But I think like what I learned from my side is that unfiltered and like relatable content, it had to be in real time. It couldn't be some expert. You had to just see it like reality, honestly, right? So that was sort of how I looked at it. Mm-hmm. For me, it wasn't dating. Like I've always been very, I'm a very like creative person in, in the sense of like um, very outside the box, like when I was younger, like I'd love, I'd be in a, in an Uber. And if there's a fight that breaks out, like I want to watch it. Like if there's, you know, I love the idea of IRL just like with anything. And I was getting good as a stand up, but I'm like, I don't really like, this isn't, it's scripted. Like you have to do an act. Yeah. And I'm like, I have to be Dave Chappelle to do an hour and a half on stage. This isn't what I want to do. And I love, my heart has always been in like reality and this kind of like, I never thought it would be a dating show. I knew I was going to have a version of like a reality show on a stage Mm -hmm. and then meeting Harrison and then, you know, uh, his kind of what he was doing with blind dates became like the, the, a couple of format elements of this and it Mm -hmm. combined. We're going to make a documentary at some point about the whole, (laughs) the whole story. (laughs) No, look, if on a stage, I don't care how uncomfortable something is or what is going on. Obviously laughs come first, but I say if you come to updating or there's anything I'm around, you're going to be in the lion's den. Like it's going to be real. None of this, this shit, you know. And dating is perfect for that because I feel like, you know, no matter what phase of relationship or like singledom people are in everyone loves to talk about it everyone loves to watch it they're obsessed with it i mean in new york you walk down the street it's all people 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 are talking about and so many of the angles are just this like what i think we've been doing lately on our show that i'm super excited about we're both super excited it's the nuanced humor you know it's not like it's not 
what's your horoscope? It's not tell me about your ex-girlfriend, right? Or your ex-boyfriend. Like the questions that are coming up on updating recently are not like usual. They're not typical like dating. Yeah. Brandon always says at the top of the show, it's like an eight date on the first date, right? So those are the kinds of questions and topics that come up on updating, which is cool. And it's also interesting because I feel like a lot of that is probably the fact that people are blindfolded. Like, I just think that people probably feel a lot more comfortable because they're like, I don't know, like, I can't see this person. Like, you just kind of are going to your basal level of whatever you would want to ask rather than like being distracted by the environment. So it probably just brings out a lot more realness because of that as well. Totally. People are probably more themselves with the blindfolds on, right? It is like a trippy experience, like having the blindfold. It's a, it's surreal. Like it's so, everyone who wears the blindfolds after the show, they're like, that is the coolest thing. I'm addicted mm-hmm. to it. Because yeah. that that's kind of the, we don't talk about this part enough, but that is kind of the skydiving kind of element. Like mm-hmm. it's just this like crazy thing. Like when you're literally wearing these blindfolds. Yeah, like an adrenaline rush. So how has the show evolved since it started and how did it kind of have to evolve as you went through COVID? That's a good question. It's evolved a lot. It literally started out, it was me up there with no format with daters and I would just kind of do jokes and like there was a halftime report where they'd report on each other and that was it. And then it evolved. Harrison then sort of became an onstage co-host a few shows in and then it kind of just started progressing. You know, also at first we didn't have blindfolds. Updating originally did not have blindfolds. Mm-hmm. It was literally two people on a real blind date, but it still worked. Yeah. So when with blindfolds, it almost made it better because we started out with the hardest version. And then look, it went away for a year, and then it came back after COVID, April 29th of 2021. Mm-hmm. So almost oh, a year. Wow. I don't even count pre-COVID as the show. I think I think COVID helped it, honestly. I think it made it way better nice. for a lot of different reasons. Pre-COVID shows feel like it was just like spring training almost, you know? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't it feel like that? I think COVID also, it changed the consumer. Yeah. And like Brandon's role has kind of, you know, always been like the host and, and MC. I think the other part, like pre-COVID, I think toughened us up as sort of just creators. Like we got knocked down... 10 million times, like horror stories with venues. Like, oh, we still we, do. <laughs> yeah, we still kind of do. And we would show up at places without chairs. And I think, uh, you know, like I'm becoming more in touch with, you know, our journey. You know, there are many obstacles. It's literally it, like going to war, like building an it, audience. It, it, it's yeah. like going to war and you just have to survive. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. It's very, this is an extremely 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 difficult show to do because not (laughs) only is it you're with people that have never performed that are on a date in front of an audience anything can happen it literally is war that's why when sometimes when people come up to me after and it's almost always positive but sometimes people will be like i I hate the daters how did you pick them (laughs) i'm like dude i go i go dude you don't know what the hell goes into this and that's also why you're going to come back next week because you're going to want to know who's on next week um but we've literally showed up we showed up after COVID to a venue that promised us they had like 120 seats there were eight seats what? and our first show back after COVID, april of last year and we didn't think anyone would come because it was still mm-hmm. kind of like you know new york had just started allowing stuff mm-hmm. it was the opposite it sold out and it was a blowout yeah. and there was people stand i'm like dude <laughs> what the and we i mean 
left and right. Um, that was until actually our residency in New York at this place called City Winery, which is mm-hmm. basically the greatest place in the world. Oh, wow. What a smell. Yeah. Since then, it's gotten a little bit better in that regard. But look, when you go to other cities, you don't know. It's a tough show. You need We need our football field. And we can't play on a baseball. It's, you know, it's, it's tough. (laughs) Yeah. You need a very specific setup, I'm sure. And like the venues are probably like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No big deal. And you're like, no, like we're serious about this. Totally. Yeah. I mean, they're like a stand up act. You literally just need one microphone right on stage. It's easy. We need a place to hide the daters so they don't see each other. Like there are a lot of logistics involved that make it, you know, this production. It, like most sane venues, which, you know, a lot of venues that aren't that sane or like competent, like should be able to handle it. Um, now we're at a good spot, like he was saying, mm-hmm. um, which has been cool. And then the other thing post-COVID is really like social media. I feel like we've just been able to put this thing on digital and, and make it feel like you're in the room, even if you're in like Kansas, you know? And yeah. that was something that was really important for us to figure out. So important. TikTok has been awesome and, uh, you know, and whatnot. And we just kind of started that. Like we wanted the show to be prepared before we started putting it online. Yeah. It's a roller coaster doing this. It's a lot of fun though. I can only imagine. Approximately how many dates would you say that you've seen on stage at this point? I think we're at a hundred shows, Harrison. Wow. I think we're, yeah, we're, we're literally at like 99 or a hundred. That's amazing. And we're not the type that are counting, you know what I mean? Like, And going back to the past year, we've only done like maybe 50, like over the past year, since last April. Probably 50. That's a lot, though. That's it's not a like lot. a little. Average one a week? Four and 45-minute shows is like, you know, it's not. Yeah, damn. It's not nothing. We downplay it. Yeah, it's been around like 40 to 50 over the past year. Wow. And we want to bump that up more, you know? We... Love it. Giving the people what they want. Totally. That's it, Leslie. Would you ever go on the show, Leslie? Well, okay. So I am in a relationship, but if I weren't, that is 100% the type of thing that I would do. I was like, damn, I wish that this came out here while I was single because I just would love to have that experience. Well, I'd love to do a swingers version or like... (laughs) (laughs) Let me convince my boyfriend. It might take some like talking into it, but... (laughs) That'd be badass. We'll probably do stuff like that. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's cool. That's a good idea. Yeah. So you have like such a broad sample size and I'm sure that multiple stories are going to come to mind, but what is one of the wildest things that has happened on stage? A lot. Oof. It's like asking the pick between, you know, your favorite kid. There's there's one I always tell actually when I warm up the crowd every show, um, or used to tell this one, one of our first shows ever, maybe the third or the fourth. At this point, I think we had blindfolds on for like two minutes before Mm -hmm. The blindfolds were on and the girl's mom was there and she stood up and said, this guy's ugly, like as fuck. Like my, my daughter, you know, isn't going to like this. The mom stood up. So she ripped her blindfolds off this girl. Um, (laughs) and, uh, and she literally like said, fuck, he is ugly. And then the audience voted her off. Dude, that is crazy. It is crazy. Insane. Yeah. But the audience did the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, she has to go. Yeah, that would that was up there. But technically, it was you know what we want, you know, which is pure yeah. honesty. But that even that was like, okay, is that do we really need it that honest? I know, and I just think about like the gender roles. Like, imagine if it were flipped, if a guy did that to a girl. It's like, a really interesting point. I th- I think about that a lot. Yeah, 
if the guy said his date was like, yo, you know, made fun of her looks or something that's horrible. Yeah. Like it's not okay either way. Like I think that's so mean unnecessarily, but yeah, I just, it's interesting that like they felt empowered to do that. Very interesting. And that was before we did video, which like, or we did, but we, I'm like, shit. Like I always am like, I wish we had that on tape. That would have been, you know, that would have been good. But Harrison, what's your favorite story? So many. I mean, I think, um, you have a lot. Yeah, there are almost too many. I, some of the, the date crashers who come up from the audience are just like fan favorites. One that comes to mind, this guy, Joseph, super shy, highly introverted person from Brooklyn, came to the show, I think, early 30s, sat, sat in the audience, and he is like truly the shyest guy in the world. But he, you know, he shot us the message during the show, got up there. He was like, you know, shaking, like, I, you know, I really like you, Danielle, like, I'm so Aww. I'm so nervous to be here. And the audience was so in love with him, chanting his name, Joseph, Joseph. And that was really emotional because, you know, sure, you get the, like, charismatic, like, su- superstars. But just seeing that, that is relatable, right? Like, he put himself out there. And that, to me, was one of the coolest moments because yeah. it was just real. After he, like, hugged. And he – I'm not kidding. He was quivering on stage. Like, I'm just going to be honest. I'm so nervous. <laughs> so sweet. But look, the crowd cheered. The crowd loved him. I always yeah. say, look, if you have a 1,000 people in a room and there's a 100 bad ones, there is that occasion where you do get a 100 people in a room that happen to be the bad sample. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, though, you get great people. That's such a good point because the audience, they are, like, the fifth character. And most of the time, they do make the right decision who to, like, kind of support. We've done 10 p.m. shows on a Saturday. You get that bad 100. Let's just say that. <laughs> People you know, are like get, all liquored up. Yeah, just oh, it's shit. terrible. Crap boy type. We don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> so did Danielle go for it? Mm, uh, sadly, no. But she uh, she went for the friendship. Okay. So she went for something. Yeah. 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 I thought, yeah, he went 30 seconds of speaking up there. Like he got right into that friend zone. But. Yeah. I think um, it was still it was still a nice moment. Yeah, and I will say I saw like two or three girls after the show go up to him ask for his, his oh. info. So the yeah. come up, yeah, and also it's just like he's so nervous. Like the fact that he put himself out there, I'm sure that did wonders for his confidence, even if he didn't get the girl in the end. Oh my god! I mean, totally, totally. There's a video on our page actually after where he's like, "I want to do this again. Like this was such a cool experience." Yeah, it's. It's a pretty amazing, it's a rite of passage, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. NYC bucket list activity. Or LA, LA oh, bucket list. Yes. Uh, What's that noise? I, yo, my phone is on airplane mode. I don't know why. Weird. You could go to messages and mute the threat. It's this one guy actually, well, this is good for the pot. The one guy who's blown our phone up is the person on our show tomorrow. He's yeah. actually being a little, he's being a little much, like just, you know, asking. I mean, him. he's texting you guys a lot. Yeah, he's, 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 he's a little nervous. Here, let me text him. Hey, on a podcast interview. Wow. Wait, so what's he nervous about? Like, do you get these types of concerns often? He, um, so he's texting us right now, like, yo, I'm so nervous. Like, I, like, give me <laughs> advice. I will say people that do get really nervous and really over text you usually are the best ones on the show. Interesting. I think he'll be good, though. 
That's cute. So I guess, you know, you've seen so many people go through this and seen so many dates play out. So from your perspective, like what makes a bad date? And at what point do you think that you can kind of tell, oh, this date is going south and it's not going to be a match? Ooh, that's a good question. I think a bad date, right away, it's the banner. If they're not bannering and they're like, what do I say? Like, guys, what do I say? Ask us questions. Like, I like when they just get into it and then that... makes everything else funnier if they just get into that like there needs to be funny banner i agree with that but i also i also do disagree with harrison on this because it really comes down to one thing there's someone that could get up on the stage and literally not say a word but for no rhyme or reason sometimes audiences are just engaged it's like a chemical thing so someone who the audience doesn't have that reaction to that has great banner and they they pull them but there are people that you can have sometimes that aren't even, there's no rhyme or reason, but the audience is just like glued. It's but, like- yeah. Well, those people are interesting, but their date isn't that buzzy. But you're right, maybe it's them not talking that makes it interesting. Well, it's just, but it's a chemical, it's not that yeah. sometimes it's not even about that, it's a chemical response from the audience if they're engaged in certain daters. And it's funny, because you see a collective response and that's, look, there's no way of knowing that. Like, that's a thing yeah. where it's literally, you know. Yeah, no, that is where the show is kind of foolproof. Because even if they, like, get up there and they are, like, kind of stiff or quiet, like, it's still very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? that's true. Very entertaining. Awkward, but people love that in a weird way. That's the rawness, right? Because it's like, uh, I think someone in The Economist said about the show, she's like, you see the awkward moments just as much as the entertaining ones. Mm-hmm. Or something yeah. like that, so... So I guess, you know, now that you've been to L.A., what are your thoughts on differences in like daters in L.A. versus New York? And I know you have a small sample size for L.A., but did anything stand out in terms of like the audience or the people who applied to be on the show? I like L.A. I like New York. (laughs) I think L.A. I mean, there's a way bigger pool for people, right? I mean, Harris. Yeah. Oh, my God. The whole city. The whole city's a casting call. (laughs) (laughs) Um. What makes L.A. great is like mm-hmm. L.A. people, which is what I like about L.A. Everyone wants to be an actor. Everyone wants some form of like attention. And this is a great show to find people that are like kind of are like that. And, you know, that so to answer back to what Harrison was saying about like Banner, L.A., you have way more people looking to just like do anything <laughs> for that type of attention. So, yeah, I mean, uh, and the good people you have in New York are people that likely would would excel in L.A. Like it's mm-hmm. the same. Yeah. You know. yeah. Yeah. I agree with all of that. I think um, L.A., just from doing casting in L.A., people do have interesting backstories in L.A., like almost everyone. Why are you in L.A.? Why are you in Southern California? What are you pursuing here? New York. A lot of people, and New York does have a lot of that, but New York also does have like the cookie cutter. I'm from like Westchester. I work in banking. Like, you know, we're not interested in that kind of cookie cutter background. Just boring, you know? Yeah. So even like the fact that Victoria, and then on her second date, again, forgetting the guy's name, but Brandon. Oh, Brandon. It was like they were both such good singers. I was like, what? Like, what are that the was weird. That was weird. <laughs> and we will occasionally know if someone has a good voice, like coming onto our show. Mm-hmm. We actually had no idea. I think Brandon, we knew, like, had sang. I had no idea Victoria, and she actually had, like, a very good voice. Yes, out of left field. 
But that I was, was like, that's very LA. It's like, I don't know. They've probably taken vocal lessons. Oh, uh, that's interesting. See that? Yeah. That it's, is LA. Yeah. That it's is. like the, it's like the show Barry. Everyone's in like a improv class out there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I like that. Okay. So I don't know what your policy is about like talking about the past dates and like giving your own opinion, but I feel like because Victoria and Bennett were so <sighs> polarizing, like their interaction, like what were your thoughts as you were watching it all play out? Love them both. And I'm honest. I've, you yeah. can ask Harrison. Yeah. I always, I don't like it here. Bennett is just, I think someone who is naturally <laughs> intriguing, like I was saying, <laughs> hilarious and boring <laughs> with yourself. I like them both. Uh, and I and look, I would hang with both of them. And we ha- after we hung with them, Bennett, mm-hmm. like that says a lot. The people we yeah. kind of befriend are people, you know, that fit the mold of the show, and they both fit the prototype, at least from my end. Yeah, I mean, same thing. You know, I think they're both interesting people. Victoria, Victoria, like she's full of surprises, right? Yeah. yeah. Bennett kind of puts it all out there, like like literally puts it all out there in disgusting ways he's putting it out there but i love he's yeah so open book yeah beyond an open book i think they're yeah and like brandon was saying i think what makes updating unique we really do cast people who fit kind of our vibe and like we'll be friends with them like we do everything you know we do casting he edit berman does all of our video editing like we do everything right so like it's very much an, an immersive thing getting casted on the show. Yeah. yeah, it's a collective. Yeah, we want, and we are building a community. You mentioned at the beginning, I think, or I mentioned, like how the after party, how these characters keep coming back. Like at the end of the day, you could try to build something on a mass level and really raise awareness, but then also build a community part of it. Mm-hmm. And that is like we do each week want to add a new friend into like our world. So that is what we look for with the daters too. It's like oh, who would we pick for the updating character table? Mm-hmm. Then it would be at that. Yeah. Victoria would be at the other end too. Like they fit in with like the characters of the show. Yeah, absolutely. So I know you kind of talked about like it's a very specific vibe. Like you want everyone to kind of fit into this mold in a sense. So like what are some of the criteria? Like as you're interviewing somebody, what are things that stand out to be like, oh, they would actually be a good fit? And does it differ for males versus females? It's such a good question. And we're discovering more as we go. And you have to learn from failure. You Mm -hmm. have to. Mm -hmm. We are at a point where we've seen so many people that are wrong that we definitely – no, it's right. Harrison, you kind of, you lead the casting. No, I think it's, um, I think people who right away are just like, it doesn't feel like a casting interview. It's just like, we're, we're just hanging out. That's one. Number two, I will say that people who are pretty open about like sex, mm-hmm. that is like a sign, like, and it's not like a raunchy show, but that just shows us that they're open mm-hmm. right, and honest. So, and, and if they're funny about that, if they're like self-deprecating, yeah. like, yeah. If they're cool being roasted, you know, they can't be like too intense, you know. Yeah. A lot of people on The Bachelor, I don't think could handle being on Updane, to be honest. Definitely not. You know, Harrison, yeah. something you said that I noticed recently is a very universal comment for people that are great on the show. People on casting calls who are like, yo, I want to get roasted. You can do whatever. I, mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think everyone that said that has been bad on the show. As a matter of fact, this guy we had on last Wednesday, and he's on our TikTok, this guy Rob. Before he was on, he was texting me, yo, I want you to have the best time ever. Roast me. He sent me a list of personal things that have happened to him. I go, 
wow. this isn't a roast, but like, yeah. And he was sure. just phenomenal on the show. Like just so open and the crowd. And you can see on our TikTok, the comments speak for itself. People yeah. love yeah. Um, and that after this week, it actually hit me. I'm like, people that say they want to get roasted are generally good on this show because it shows that you have humility and you're like, I want someone to kind of put me in a certain place I'm not normally in mm-hmm. for this period so I can feel a certain way. And they go about life differently after. You know, we've had people on the show who got roasted for not asking questions on the date. Our friend Kaya was like, you know, now, like, I have a notebook when I go on these dates. Like, I know. <laughs> That's a little intense, but that is like yeah. zero to a hundred. Yeah, that's a lot, but it's yeah, it is kind of like a life changing thing. Man, hearing you guys describe that one thing, the openness to being roasted, I'm like, now I'm even more confident I would have been so good on the show. Oh, uh, you're cool with that? Yeah, the closest thing I ever did was like this dating podcast came to LA a couple years ago, it was pre pandemic, and they were taking like dating app makeover profile contestants and so i submitted like screenshots of mine and they picked me and i like went up on stage one of the guys is a comedian so he definitely roasted me but yeah it was like super fun actually it was like wow great to get this very honest unfiltered feedback oh totally it's almost like group therapy Mm -hmm. yeah that's another way i describe updating it's very much like group therapy and sometimes you got to look at the daters as people that are going on like seeking something (laughs) like (laughs) You know, the casting element is one thing, but then like when you're figuring out like who you should match together, how do you determine like what makes a good match? I liken that to the In-N-Out Burger sauce recipe, you know, it's like- (laughs) You can't reveal it. (laughs) It's secretive. No, I think, um, well, obviously it has to be entertaining seeing these two together, but it can't be polar opposites. Like we, in the very, very beginning, we're like, yo, it'd be so funny, like- She's six three, like he's five four. Like let's see, you know, they mm-hmm. different person, introvert, extrovert. Let's see what happens. And it's not as good of a show. So we do put time into the matches. I would say, no. more so recently. No, now we do. We really do. Look, we used to not have a pool like we do now, so it's very hard. We literally, when we started, we're like, we just have to get people. We can't worry about that right now. Yeah, but <laughs> I will ask people, what are you into? Um, yeah. And you. So just tell that's I guess what we're good at we just know like I could I could meet like Leslie I'd probably have an idea at like who you would do well with I imagine you'd be really with, I think you'd be really good with a guy that's more on the quiet side not necessarily very extroverted um okay. and a very good list like you need someone that can that's more on the listening side like it, it could go two I ways it could go two ways like I think it could be that type or you could be the sort of very much a motherly type of person to someone um, but I don't think that's the case with your boyfriend. I think your boyfriend's probably does well on his Good own. Listener. Yeah. Calm, cool, collected, doesn't show a lot of, uh, he, yeah. I, I have a feeling he's like a consultant or something. I don't know. Ooh, interesting. Wait, I like this game. Yeah. That's what I'm very tall too. I bet, I bet you're with a guy that's at least six feet. There's no way. <laughs> I met you in person. Leslie's very pretty. And, um, I don't see you with a guy that's 5'5", and like, you know. So some of the things are accurate. My boyfriend is 6'2", and he is a great listener, great communicator, very open, and I would say, like, he's not as extroverted as I am, but, like, he holds his own, you know? It's not, like, the type of person I'm going to be nervous if I, like, leave him at a party that we go to together. Mm. But 
The consultant thing is interesting because he actually has a very separate career. He is a He's firefighter an actor. paramedic. Oh. He's a paramedic? Yeah, firefighter paramedic. Whoa, that's really cool. Yeah. That's amazing. Very cool. See, also, I saw Ambulance. Uh, I highly recommend that movie last night. It's, you know, it's about an ambulance. <laughs> anyway, anyway, sorry. Sorry, but I love, I, I have a lot of respect for um, people that are in those fields. That's, that's also like an inch for LA. I, I didn't know people existed that were firefighters there. <laughs> I know. It's or so not. I, that makes me think you have a, your boyfriend's a, they're probably a very good dude. Um, yeah, I would say he's a really good guy. You're going to marry him? Yeah. Wow. You'll keep him? He's, he's a good one. He's a keeper. I won't like go into the whole details, but we met two years ago. We did have a break, but we've been like back together for over a year now. Why was the break? Well, it was related to his career. He was kind of going through like some mental health stuff, you know, like during the pandemic, uh. it was pretty intense and there's a firefighter shortage. So he was very overworked and... It was kind of like we had just made things official and he was like, I don't know if I'm in a place to be in a relationship right now. And it was oh, like, wow. feelings, uh, you know, I get it. Oh, and you, oh, I'm glad. That's really nice that you were like there and then came back. That's actually, I don't consider that really a break. Like that's like help. Like I always tell people like you shouldn't get back together where you break up, but that's kind of different. That's not really a breakup. It's like you literally, you know, he, he wanted to give you a certain amount of energy and he knew he needed, I guess, that time for that. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, it's like I kind of view it differently because it wasn't like we had issues. It was just like he had to do some work on himself and then he did. No, that's cool. That's cool, Leslie. Yeah. I think uh, second chances are special. You know, I I think everyone deserves it if they're putting in the work. You know, you got to put in the work. Yeah. Right. Harrison understands second chances. (laughs) (laughs) I've given them, not received i don't receive second chances he's given a few well very generous of you uh it's uh it's it's a mitzvah you know (laughs) well i feel like that's a good transition into like your personal dating lives as open as you're willing to be so like what are your relationship histories like are you guys in relationships yourselves i have a girlfriend oh okay how long have you been (laughs) together yeah i've been with her almost a year um when's the one year technically july 11th um but we started dating may it's a we last year at this time we were we started texting and she didn't she said no a couple times like she blew me off a couple times and then i finally went out with her in may it was may 12th it's a perfect uh we're very happy she's very similar to me very funny and um i think post pandemic updating because i have a girlfriend and i ignored my at that point moved on from personal dating it helped the show it's like you know mm-hmm. you're nice. different you're going in with a different head but yeah that's where i'm at you know you know i'll probably get married maybe a couple months, <laughs> a couple months you know. it's funny she said to me brandon like we have to get engaged right now i probably would just i would do it i would go get a ring wow yeah that's why not romantic. it's not very hard to you know to really get me so <laughs> that's kind of the gist of my relationship status and it's hard to find someone. It is. How did you meet her? The story how I met her is fantastic. One of the finest out there. Um, I moved into a new apartment April of 2021. Met a neighbor who was very cool. She was showing me her apartment. I was in her room and I, I saw some photos. And like my girlfriend now, Mel, was in one of the photos. So I pointed out, who's this girl? She's gorgeous. She looks like Mila Kunis. I'm like, who's this girl? <laughs> wow. looks like Mila. 
I'm like, this girl looks like Mila Kunis. And then this girl hit up her friend without me knowing, which is awesome. And then texted me a couple of days later, hey, that girl Mel from the photo like is down for a date. And I was like, whoa, uh, I'm marrying her. And (laughs) I don't know, maybe the story is why I was like so down. Like, how could you not let that work? Like a story, a story like, it was cool. So that's it. And the rest is kind of history. There was no, she, you know, and very, we we went on a couple of formal dates, the first Mm. few, like she was not easy. Wow. Made you work for it. Did that kind of like pique your interest even further? Yeah, it did. I'm honest about it. It totally did. I, I totally think that worked. <laughs> he was so giddy after the first date. You know, I get attacked. Yeah, you like- the curiosity. You're like, what the hell? Uh, yeah, I'm not. Look, I think anyone that does that, you know, wait that third date, that third, fourth date, that's the cool number. Like that's, yeah. you know, it's, I still be with her though if it was the first one. We just kind of work. But yeah, that helped. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. Yeah. I like that honesty because I feel like a lot of times people will like tiptoe around that. And, you know, I'm not here to be like, oh, you shouldn't have sex early on. I'm like, whatever. If it's meant to be, it will be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I feel like there is something to be said for like, yeah, if you do wait and it ends up being like really amazing, then it's kind of like, I don't know, it makes it a little more exciting. That is true because there's so much built up tension. The build up is just that night was was phenomenal. (laughs) still my you know one of my favorite you know <laughs> like it was very good so yeah no if there's an attraction mm-hmm. you know it, it it definitely yeah yeah i still think about that night yeah. damn yeah that's that's a great sign <laughs> can't wait for the wedding announcement yeah it'd be in a couple weeks maybe <laughs> he's gonna propose on stage Wow. Yeah, no, it's funny. My dad actually joked about that. He'd be like, you got to do that. Like I go, she'll <laughs> literally, she'll leave me. Like that's <laughs> the shittiest, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's like, especially definitely not at a 10 PM show. <laughs> no, it's the shirt trail. Like I'm not going to, I, I would do the a second engagement as a joke. Like mm-hmm. at, at that, that I that would, would do. Be yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. That would Without be the funny. audience knowing making that, yeah. but don't tell you, let's keep, let's keep that <laughs> only, only to listeners here. That's a good idea. Yeah. Okay, Harrison, what about you? Single at the moment, um, you know, enjoying it, actively kind of dating. But I'm not like, I've dated, I really have dated like a lot in my life, relationships, ups, downs. So I'm, I'm at this point where I feel, I feel like my life right now is like full being single. And when I meet someone at the right time, like it's just, it's so out of my control. You know, when I meet the right person, it's going to be a fit, but I'm not like stressed about it. You know, I'm really, I'm really not. So yeah, dating around, um, (laughs) you'll, you'll, (laughs) you'll see me at my spot in Soho maybe once every three weeks, but you know, he's a dater. Harrison dates. So this might seem like it's like a gotcha moment. I'm not intending for it to be that way, but I just interviewed someone who went on a date with you. With who? I swear, with you, Harrison. Wait, with me? Yeah. No. Yes. This is too much. Okay, I can cut this if like you don't want to have it on. The no, show, I don't care. Her name, her name is Stevie. 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 Oh, I did. Okay, yeah, I did go out with her. Yeah, it was. I so did funny go out with Stevie. I like met her. She and- was at our show. 
Yeah, I think I met her right after or right before she went to the show. And I was like, oh, that's so funny. I'm going to go to this show, too. They're coming to L.A. And she's like, oh, I actually went on a date with one of the guys. And she didn't say who it was. But now that I know, Brandon, you have a girlfriend. I'm like, oh. Yeah, no, I never. So she she didn't have any commentary about that? She said that, you know, it was just kind of like it was mutually more like a friend connection. But she had nothing bad to say. She was like, that's great. It was like really nice. She had fun at the show. That's all that matters. All right, so that's good. That's sweet. <laughs> that's sweet. That's so funny. No, I remember the, I remember the spot. I mean, um, you know, you win some, you lose some. Mm-hmm. I think I no, that. she she's cool. I, I would agree with that assessment. I think cool friend. You know, she's like a writer too. So we talked yeah. about that. It was really good dialogue. Um, <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, I'm gl- yeah, I'm glad, you know, there were, I'm glad she had nice things to say. Yeah, all positive. Yeah, but look, if, if we ever go out again, then we'll come back on this together. <laughs> oh my God, wow, now I'm definitely rooting for that. But I mean, I imagine you have like a lot of people sliding into your DMs, like at the show, like maybe people who are like, oh, I don't want to apply. I just want to talk to one of you guys. Like, does that happen as you're getting applicants? It sometimes happens, but it's so different for us now because, like, he, you know, he has someone. Like, I really do try and separate church and state. I call it church and state. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's not, it's, yeah, run it like being a part of like a dating show. Like, it's the lines blur. You don't date the circus, um, you know, people on the circus. <laughs> <laughs> before I was single, I don't know if I don't ever even bring up my relationship status. Honestly, no one is interested. Like, no, I can't think <laughs> I of don't any believe time. That. No, I can't think of any time in the last year. And I know I'll be honest. People have come up after like if, if it doesn't come up that I'm single, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, asking, are you single? Um, I don't think I let off that energy, though. You know, I'm into my girlfriend. I, I should let it off more, though, because I think that would be a hotter way to host. <laughs> but, like, you know, I don't really – I'm so about the business, too. I love this. Yeah. This is – you know, I don't really – I don't have interest in, in – uh, in, Yeah. And a lot of those interactions are just so fleeting, you know. Like someone fleeting. says, like – It's fleeting. Oh, like, oh, he's so cute. And it's like, all right, then text me. And then nobody, you know, hits you up. I would love to meet someone that has nothing to do with – updating and like has literally like doesn't even speak english like, <laughs> like <laughs> doesn't understand what the show is about. literally like that that's the dream i fully agree and my girlfriend now she didn't see the show till we were a month in she didn't care about that or know about it which makes me happy now because i will say before the pandemic there was one or two instances where like i met girls at the show that were like so into me and then literally the next day they were not. So then I thought about it. I'm like, oh my God. Because I was famous for that night when people go. So I was thinking about a celeb. I go, a celeb is always famous. And they could literally be with someone and have no idea at any time. Like I experienced having an idea because I'm like, this person acted a certain way at the show. And literally today they're me. And that's after that happened, I remember. I'm just like, you know what, dude, this is not, I don't give a shit about like, I don't want to meet anyone around this. And, and it organically happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes People sense. People are just, yeah, like the, you know, just assholes. Yeah, they honestly are. <laughs> and I just feel like people are very fickle. And so I could see someone getting swept up in the moments. Like they've had a couple drinks. They've like seen you in your element being super funny. But it's like, I don't know. You don't even know what they're looking for. It could just be like they want the validation of being like, oh, yeah, the host of the show is into me. Yeah. I, what? Oh, oh, my, my God. God. <laughs> so popular. 
Nah, they, I, yo, I'm not even kidding. My phone is off of my dick. There's something, a delay or some shit. That's what all the girls are texting. Te- <laughs> your DMs are blowing up, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, to, to wrap up the dating, no, single. My parents want me every interview I'm on. They're like, can you just tell everyone you're single? So there you go. Oh you know. Yeah, maybe you'll get some DM slides. Who knows from that? We'll I mean, see. Although, I don't know. I know that's maybe not ideal, but you never know what could lead you. I guess the last question I have about your own dating life is like, has hosting the show impacted what you're looking for in any way? And I guess you kind of alluded to the fact that you have met people through the show who aren't necessarily a genuine connection, but has it had any other impacts on like qualities that you seek out? It's Harrison, you got to ask him that. Yeah. That's uh, that's yeah, really that's- interesting. I mean, I think seeing like these people who put themselves out there, I think like that's, that's attractive to me, you know, someone who puts himself out there. So I definitely would love to meet someone who, who is unafraid to put themselves out there like this, unafraid to kind of be vulnerable um, and just be, be respectful of like, we're pursuing a career that is just different than a lot of people. Like you have to be comfortable with that. So LA versus New York, LA people are much more comfortable. Very true. Here's it is between New York and LA. New York people are actually seeking someone who has money that's normal mm-hmm. and like boring. Like it, like most people do want someone boring here. You could put two people next to a girl in New York, one that's worth a hundred million, the next that's you know worth a hundred million that does something different. They're not into that. They want bo- like. Also, I don't know where I got a hundred million from, but nah, yeah, like maybe let's say a ten thousand dollars. No, but yeah, they, I think here it is hard in that regard. People are not looking for this kind of thing. No. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of like cookie cutter kind of standard people. So it it really just comes down to en- you know energy. It's lame saying that, but like it is true. It's just. Um, He's right. You got to be okay with a different kind of energy. And me personally, like I've lived on the West Coast, so I I can like chill in New York. You know, I like chilling. We both do. We both like to chill. And a lot of people here, are, like they're just so intense. Like they're all over the place. And like, I love New York. But yeah, you do have to weed out some of like this, those kinds of people. You got to weed that out. And it's funny, the really intense people that are like all over the place, because I was one of them. I'm calmer now. It's usually the people that don't have their shit down. Once you have your shit, yeah. you're not like that. You should be calmer. Yeah. You know, these That's people true. that are like, what? Like, like what the fuck? Like, just like, calm down. <laughs> yeah. like, what are you talking for? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, what, why are you always acting like, they're like ah. something? They're like so tight. Chill. The f- That's what I, LA recently, I was saying to Harrison, because I'm very New York. I love New York. But I'm like, I love the, the the vibe out here of like people brag about how busy their schedule is here. I'm yeah. like, dude, I don't give a shit. Like, it's not the yeah. flex you think it is. Yeah. It's so relaxing out there. It's like a spa every day spa. in, a, in LA. You're mm-hmm. you're at a resort. And it's so funny because to me, I'm like next level again. Going back to San Diego, I'm like that is like chill. You know, LA to oh, me yeah. and the people who are from San Diego, I feel like that feels like a little bit more of a rat race. So for New York, I can't even imagine. No, nah, like, I visited a ton, but it's always been on vacation. You know, oh, I've never it's... had to like make a living for myself out there and do the mundane daily tasks that I feel like can be so difficult. It's <laughs> a lot. Yeah, I think it's like uh, you know, like everything. I think an acquired taste. You know, to be here long term. Mm -hmm. we end up where we're supposed to be 
Agreed. Agreed. All right. So before I let you go, I just wanted to play a quick game and it's basically like red flag or deal breaker, but because we're on interstates and heartbreak, it's headache or heartbreak. So this is kind of like things that are normal on a first date in an updating setting, but like, let's pretend that you met this person in real life. They Mm -hmm. do this on date one. Is it a deal breaker or no? Okay. Okay. This was in the LA show. Sarah mentioned she has like a perfect nipple to boob ratio. If someone (laughs) brought that up on a first date, are you like, that's cool. It's fine. Or are you out? Cool. Very cool. Very cool. (laughs) Very cool. I figured you would say that because it is like, again, it's that, yeah, I'm not taking sex like too seriously. I'm not like a prude. I'm comfortable joking about this type of stuff. Yeah. yeah, comfortable in your own body. And if your nipple's bigger, one's bigger than the other. If you're open about it and you're comfortable, it means you're confident. You know, it's. Yeah. I, I'd rather talk about that than her, her work meeting. You know, that morning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. more interesting. Biology. So- That kind of goes to the next question. And so for context for anyone listening, so I know one of the rules you have is you don't talk about what people do. So let's say you're on a first date with someone, you're trying to get to know them and you're like, okay, well, what do you do for work? And they just like refuse to talk about it. They're like, that's boring. And they just gloss over it. Is it like, "Mm, okay, that's weird. Or is it a deal breaker because it's too sketch? If that, if they hold they didn't say what they did at all. They wouldn't tell you. Yeah. Um, I want to go on another date to try to find out. I, I think it's cool. I wouldn't really care. Uh, yeah, I think it's extremely cool. One of my ex-girlfriends, we literally had no clue what we did until like the fourth date. I had no idea what her job was. Wait, really? This was a San Francisco girl, like Carolyn. <laughs> I had no clue. Oh, Carolyn was cool too. Yeah, we literally didn't even talk about our job. And I thought it was the coolest thing. Wait, so that, yeah, that, I have no go. idea what she did. <laughs> that is really nice. I truly can't imagine. I just feel like that's such a topic of conversation out here. And I'm sure in New York, too, it's like one of the first things people ask. But that's really refreshing. Definitely. Yeah, it does exist for sure. Yeah, yeah. Because most of the time when you're in a relationship, you're talking about like the most mundane stuff. It's right. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, yeah. what color is this wall? Right. Yeah. Like that's what a relationship is. It's like you have to go through the boring stuff. A relationship 99% of the time is small talk, correct? Mm -hmm. Brandon, right? You're in Mel's conversations. It's not like it's small talk. Yeah. It's also about like not talking, like being good around someone where you're not talking. It's, it's cuddles. It's all that (laughs) sense of touch. Yeah. It's all those things. Yeah. It has to be holistic for sure. Holistic. That's a good word. I like that. Okay, so the next one, and this is inspired by Bennett. So they mentioned that they make six figures gambling. After you like have pried about their job, they're like, what do you really do? And they're like, oh, I actually, this is how I primarily earn my income. And they specifically are like, I made six figures. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't like, I don't like people that talk about like what they... That I do think is a red flag. I'm- I was on a really bad date once. This is true. So bad. And the girl asked me some mean questions. So I fly, I actually asked her like, oh, what do you make? And she like bragged about it. And because I was just like fucking around at that point. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? Anyone that talks about money is shitty. Like yeah. I, I, I could not agree I just more. People that talk about money. Yeah. But look, if you're talking about money and you're like, yo, I'm going to treat us all to a fun night. Great. That's fine. You could talk about your money. Yeah. Um, yeah that's always no. So I went on a date with this guy like a while ago and he brought up that he made six figures on our first date. And on top of that, he had also like talked about the fact that he lives with his grandma. So I'm like, 
I was trying to like be nice. And I was like, are you really close with your grandma? Thinking maybe he was going to elaborate and be like, I really care about her. I'm taking care of her. He's like, not really. So I'm like, you live with your grandma and you make six figures. So like what, what's going on? It's not like you have to because you're indebted to her or like you don't have the Something's money to off live it. on your own. It was weird. So those are multiple red flags. Oh, and those weren't even the only ones. It was, oh, yeah. it was wild. Yeah. Okay. So the last one, they admit that they came from another date immediately before they met you. I absolutely hate, hate that. I think That's that is horrible. Lamest. I think that is the lame, like if, <laughs> if there's, I, I, I would walk out. I don't know if I've had that happen to me, but I, I worked with someone like after college somewhere that used to do that and she would talk about it. And I'm like, that's the lamest thing. Wow. I didn't expect you guys to feel so strongly about that. Uh, yeah, that I think is horrible. Or look, if you did it, if, if I am the second date tonight, just don't tell me, you know? Yeah, yeah and if that's fine. If you do it and don't tell anyone, that's totally fine. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I don't know. I, this isn't speed dating, you know? Oh, my God. Yeah, you have to, like, keep someone's feelings in consideration for sure. Yeah, you're going to speak. Yeah, hey, yeah. by the way, I got back from this other date. Then the other person's <laughs> immediately, you're like, oh, shit, this is going to be, they, they really are trying hard. Like, or, yeah. like, they're really, like, I'm not going to be good enough. I hate that. That's so lame. Yeah, it is lame. It is lame. Well, this was great. And I would love if you could, you know, plug where people can find everything for your socials and, you know, upcoming shows that people might want to attend. At Updating Show on Instagram and TikTok. You could see our content there. That's where we put our tickets. And um, we're going to be back in LA. We're very excited. We are going to be announcing that within the next couple of weeks. Oh, can't wait. Yeah. And if you want to apply to be on the show on our website, updating.com slash casting updating show.com updating show.com i forget yeah long long day <laughs> yeah if you want to apply to be on or if you have friends who would be fun on on our la show or other cities and then yeah you could find our personals as well at ht foreman on instagram fermi 16 is mine the ht it, <laughs> it's funny because occasionally people will call him ht and people call me fermi <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah, love that. And no sliding into Brandon's DMs, but if you want to slide into Harrison's DMs, they are open. <laughs> you totally can. I'm down to always make friends. <laughs> so that's a good answer. Yeah. I like that answer. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for having us. This was really great. Interstates and heartbreak. Hopefully we're on the interstate side, not the heartbreak side. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we'll see you uh, next time we're in LA. Come to our show in LA. Maybe we'll we'll have an interstates and heartbreak corner. That's <laughs> I like that. Name. I would love that. I would love that. Let's be exclusive. Subscribe to Interstates and Heartbreak wherever you listen to podcasts for more firsthand stories about the unglamorous side of dating in Los Angeles. And while you're at it, you can write me a love letter with a rating and review on Apple. See you next Sunday.